I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Oh, okay, I'll just mute while I blow. Why? <laughs> my sisters always give out to me because they think my, when I blow my nose, I don't blow hard enough. And they're like, that's so weak. And I'm like, I pop my own ears. I blow so hard. That's a really nice thing to say, though, because some people, I think, go on the horn too much. <laughs> it's like, huh? I don't understand how people make that noise. I'm like, <laughs> Hello and welcome. It's Dirty Flirty and Perishing. It's Finger on the News. It's Finger on the Pulse News. <laughs> It's Sophie Lyons. It's Clara Kavna. We are here with a weekly deep dive of all the topics you're discussing at your brunch tables, in your toilet cubicles, in your back of Ubers, on your park walks, and other interesting places. Sophie, how are you? I'm fabulous. I'm really excited to discuss my topic. Mm -hmm. We've got a lot of content to actually get through. I feel like this week was a bit overwhelming. It was a bit hard to decide what we're going to talk about. And um, so I'm really excited to get into this with you. Um, stunning. Stunning. Okay, so we're going to start the show like we always do, what we're loving or hating from the week. So just kick us off. What are you jouring or testing? I love like any like Poundland, like any of those kind of shops. Oh, yeah. And I went to a new Poundland during the week. The mm. stuff that are in different branches, no two are the same. Yeah, okay. They're like caves. <laughs> um, and I'm loving the variation of Poundland that London has to offer. Mm-hmm. Anything for like travel, sweets, gifts, pesticides, yeah. anything you need. Are in, I love it. I love it so much. I love looking at the different layouts. It's like corner shops. Yeah. But for Poundlands. Wow, they're great. That's my Shador. I love them. I picked up so many trinkets. You get loads of good house cleaning products, I think, in those ones. Tons. You know, there's a deals at home. Yeah. I haven't been to one of those in ages, but oh, Poundland is delish. You I spent could... like six pounds or something so small. It's delicious. But you get six items. Yeah, but some of them might be like jumbo as well. Oh, unreal. I got Biscoff spread. Mm. Ooh, bread. Spread. Spread. Oh my God, it's in a little jar. Absolutely divine. Look at one. So good. That's my jador, plain and simple. Plus, I'm loving that the sun is bloody out. Oh. We've been perishing in London. Yeah. <laughs> Yesterday was supposed to be 18 degrees and sunny and it was 15 and completely overcast. Yeah, that weather was really wrong. And lies. I don't believe the weather forecast anyway. What's your Jador as your test? My Jador is inspired by a listener who got in touch, Aoife. And it's all culminating with the finale of MAFS, Married at First Sight Australia. It finished last week. I feel like it has the same like feverish quality of Love Island. 
I discovered it mostly in 2019's season when it kind of got discovered because Channel 4 started playing it during lockdown and everyone was like, mm-hmm. this is the most ridiculous show ever. And there's all these like scandals that happen along the way. So, and then since then I've been pretty hooked and this season just wrapped up. It was not shy of drama. It was not shy of like bust ups. And um, there wasn't as much cheating going on this year. But it was, oh, it was just an amazing watch. So fun to chat. I was having dinner with the girls on Friday night and like, like 50% of the conversation is just all about maths and like dissecting it, you know, all the different relationships, who you love, who you hate. So there was two episodes two weeks ago, like the final vows, which are just like a load of crap. It's just like, will they, won't they? And it's like, it's so obvious that they're going to say yes. It's just a load of filler. But then this week, they only played two episodes and it was the final dinner party and then the final like commitment ceremony with all the experts. Um, and it's like filmed like a month after the show wrapped up. So there's like time for like loads of scandals to build and like come out and like where the experts kind of hold people accountable. And what this season it was kind of, it was criticized for as being too sympathetic to the women. Like there was loads of women with really toxic behavior, but it kind of painted all the men really badly. And like, look, you can't blame it on the edit. The men did behave really badly. Like, but I think there was some kind of toxic behavior of some of the women that just wasn't really, it kind of made it look, all the men look kind of crap and all the women look not so bad. It's no harm. No harm. But there was one couple in particular called Harrison and Bronte that like, he was honestly like, I have never seen somebody gaslight the way that Harrison... And we'll, at one point, he was gaslighting me. I was like, wait a minute, he's got a point. And I was like, no, 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 no. He's just gaslighting. Like, he, he... At one point, I also thought he was like a plant. I was like, there's no way that this type of human exists. Like, oh, like, okay. He showed up on his wedding day and one of the one of uh, the bride's friends was like, he's got a girlfriend who like help him, helped him pack his bags to the show like he's seeing somebody else on the outside and she found out on her wedding day like ridiculous carry on I was like what did you just what mm. Harrison was one of those people who you know he was a bit of an alpha dog and but then after a while everyone just got so sick of his carry on and people started really slagging him it was amazing Harrison. and like he showed up to the final dinner party with like a printout showing that like a printout as well I was like you saddo with like oh Bronte knew like was asking the girl that I was going out with before the experiment to help me pack my bags like Bronte knew her and like was messaging her and trying to find out about me like and it was like you have no leg to stand on you're pathetic so since the show wrapped there's been like leaked voice memos from Bronte to her friend saying that she knew who Harrison was she didn't know that she was going to be partnered up with them but she knew exactly what it was and she was going to use that to her advantage so it's like, oh, and like, how, I don't know how they knew of each other because she's from Perth and he's from Sydney. But what's the point of doing it if you have a girlfriend? Like the viewership of it is so high. Like it's their kind of, that's like their love island. So it's like very, um, okay. the exposure out of it is huge. And like people use it for like, you know, to get famous and for love as well. But I think it's like, a <laughs> <laughs> since the show has wrapped, there's been like a few. So one of the castmates, Duncan, he was with this girl, an ex-Mormon, single mom, American. Mormons are, sorry to interrupt you, Mormons are very interesting to me. Very interesting. And like, I think they had to leave the Mormon community because her dad came out as gay. 
So there's all this stuff. And like, maybe they moved to Australia. I don't really know her story, but she has this like amazingly odd accent, which is like American and Australian. She basically just pressed like self-destruct. She was so annoying towards the end. Like she was with like, honestly, the most emotionally intelligent man on the season, probably ever. And she was like, you have a problem with me having a kid and being a single mom. And he was like, no, I don't. I tick the box that says, I don't care for your parent. I, I can't say this to you anymore. And she was like, pay attention to me, Duncan. Pay attention. Oh, she was just unbearable. And would like cry and storm off and was like, really just like erratic behavior. Anyway, he kind of left her hanging at the altar at final vows was like, fuck this. No, you, this is scary if you think that this is a normal relationship. And she was like, it is a normal relationship. Why are you dumping me? It was like, oh my God, like her version of events was so different to reality. It was a spectacle to see. But during the competition, <laughs> during the experiment, they do during like a mass. <laughs> they do like a wife swap. So they, Ooh. yeah, to get like a different perspective. Like it's so cynical, the whole thing. He did it with this girl, Evelyn, who's like this t- model and they got on really well. But like they, they were very much as friends and like she was helping him do a sexy photo shoot to like make Alyssa like fall back in love with them and like, you know, bring a bit of fun to their relationship. Since the competition, oh my God, since the experiment is finished, Evelyn and Duncan have gotten together and they like want to get married, which is very exciting. And she was helping him do so. Yeah, like and they were just friends beforehand. So that's exciting. Um, sorry, I'll whistle stuff through one or two hookups. So Lyndall, one of the contestants who had an amazing final vows, she like sent Cam out the door. She had such a, anyone who wants to show, she just had such a good moment at the end. She hooked up with Josh, who was one guy who like left halfway through, who's like 13 years older than her and was with this like sex crazed like woman. They hooked up, but apparently they haven't spoken since. And it was like, nobody knows the reason, but like something awkward happened. Then both Cam, who Linda was with, and Dan. Dan is with someone who was at his wedding. And Cam is... with someone who was at his wedding? He was at the wedding. And then Cam is, who was with Lyndall, he is now going out with someone who was, like, introduced on the homestay as a friend. And now they're together. Dirty, dirty dogs. Because both of those men were horrible, crocodile eyes, never blink. You know, their face is just awful. And they were horrible men. And like, they're, they're fucking with people. It's really annoying. Do I... I don't know if I have capacity for another reality show. No, I would wait till next year. It is very emotional. Like, I'm so happy it's finished. I'm it's like... It's very emotional. It's very, but it's very, like, it, like, there's a lot of episodes. It's really addictive. But, like, by the time it finishes, it's 36 episodes. I am... 36? Dead. 36. I'm done. Oh, yeah, it's absolute like no for me. What? No. Yeah. Like the only go, thing I would give 36 episodes to is Real Housewives. Yeah, but like even the, their episodes are over an hour. 36? They're over an hour as well. That is a journey. Journey. I think we need to flip-flop it this week. I think you need to tell me your topic first. Mine's a bit more sort of, not meaty, it's a bit more of a... Think piece. Story. It's a th- exactly <laughs> Gazer. So you tell me yours first and I'll go on to mine after. So we need to talk about Eurovision. I feel kind of left out because I said it during the week and then I didn't watch it. I <laughs> know you were like, we need, I'm going to be watching Eurovision. Because then I, like, I found my story and I was like, no, fuck that. <laughs> so 160 million people around the world tuned in. You know, it's the second highest. Worldwide viewership, only second to the Olympics. What? Yeah. Wow. 
so obviously Ukraine were supposed to host because they won last year, but it was co-hosted in Liverpool in the UK. And Liverpool. Liverpool. And it was, it seemed like great crack. I saw a good few uh, videos of people who were there. The whole thing was about like integration and united by music. So even in the VTs, I thought it was really clever that they, you know, when they like, oh, up next is Austria. And then it like films the band. There'll be like a library in Kiev and then it'll be like, and like fly to England. And then there'll be a library, a similar. So it was like tying things together, like a weird bridge in Australia. And then like a weird bridge in Ukraine. And like, it was, it was all about like showing the similarities. I just thought the VTs were like, it was like very nice. Sounds um, great. And there was this, I'll link it in the show notes, but there was this amazing article that chatted to the studio designer, sorry, chatted to the stage designer and the lighting designer. And the lighting designer is the same guy that did the Grammys. He's done the MTV VMAs. He did Stormzy's Glastonbury set, you know, that amazing one in 2019. He did, he's done Beyonce, he's done Sam Smith and the Spice Girls. Who is this Marvel? His name is Tim Rutledge. <laughs> and oh. even though he's, he was saying like, even though I've done all those amazing things, he was like, Eurovision was my dream. And they Is that because ha- it's so like, probably aren't a lot of rules. I feel like England and Ireland, what, as we're islands, I always find it like, do you know when you go skiing or you go to like the Med? you forget that like we're part of like a huge continent like Europe and there's all these like such there's actually so many countries in quite a small space and all the different cultures and overlapping and the way even like it's so easy you know if you go in-trailing like it's so easy to travel to all these different countries so quickly and I feel like the Eurovision always really reminds me that we're like part of Europe I know that's like such a basic thing to say but oh yeah so they I think they did a really good job of the whole production vibe but because like they hired loads of ukrainians half of the technicians wow. half the technicians were women which is usually a very oh. male dominated industry so i think it was it sounded like it was all really balanced but he said the real spectacle was in the changeover so you see like what was it like 26 on the final night there's 26 countries all competing but there's only 50 seconds for them to do the changeover and he's like that's something that the, the tv audience miss you know these all the productions were all yeah and all the productions were so huge that you're like swapping them over within 50 seconds so the teams must be it's like so organized and he said that there's a 1am meeting on the friday to decide the production for the saturday night show imagine that like you honestly need like a military operation crazy there's so much possibility for it to go wrong so now sweden have won they now tie Ireland with the most wins, seven apiece. And the 67th Eurovision is going to be in Sweden. Now, here's the clincher. So Lorene won. She's the first woman to win it twice. She won back into 2012. But now they're going to be in Sweden on the 50th anniversary of ABBA winning in 1974 for Waterloo. Tell me that's, that's a coincidence. Or tell me that's... Oh, my God. Waterloo. I didn't know yeah. that was their their Eurovision song. I know. Like, amazing. It's gotten so much sexier now. And, like, honestly, the Harry Styles effect on popular music. If the Eurovision was a showcase for that Harry Styles effect, let that be my thesis. The, the amount of... You know the way like Harry Styles, he's real gender bendy or like he'll wear a pearl necklace and it's like this amazing, like his style is incredible, don't get me wrong. 
But like every single male performer, like you see it. Oh, uh, like it's just it's honestly like they're all trying to be like I feel like Harry Styles could have worn any single one of the men's outfits. Like it's just all this. There's a lot of like bejeweled things, flowery, flouncy kind of shirts, pink pants. Who was it? Oh my God, Slovenia. So what I used to do with my granny. <laughs> oh my God, Slovenia. <laughs> what I used to do, uh, we used to watch Eurovision in my granny's house. She used to like babysit us all night. And we used to watch it and do our scoring. So me and Mick My mum used to have Eurovision parties. Oh, so me and Mick did it last night and we scored all the, all the people. That's um, so cute. And I, it was funny because I started as a really generous scorer and then I just went real sour. And he kind of went the opposite way. But Slovenia got a one from me. They were so annoying and bad. I hated them. And they just thought they were so cool. The guitar's not plugged in. It was just like bullshit. My... <laughs> I hated them Bullshit But Sweden the winner She was like a hot favourite I think that song So she sang this song Like Tattoo And I woke up In the middle of the night Last night Singing it in my head Like it did have a, a Subliminal vibe a Subliminal But it had 50 million views On Spotify Or 50 million streams On Spotify already She won And you watched it before Virginia, And she's like In this kind of like Mad Max outfit It was very Sia I thought It was very her Fifth Element the... Bruce Willis Fifth Element Do you remember that film? No. Really? Oh my God, you need to watch it. It's basically like they imagine the future and it's like flying cars and... Oh, Is it accurate? Oh, absolutely not. No, no. It's a bit Star oh. Wars kind of vibe. Anyway, she was the hot favourite, so... And it was... Her wig is amazing. And her nails. She had these ama- like really nails. long nails. They were like almost ha- like the length of her finger. So they did the voting. So the countries all vote with their juries. So to make it quicker, they kind of give everyone their score. And then they're like, and we're awarding our 12 points to Spain. And they they like whittle through it really fast. So then everyone's kind of scored by the countries. But then it goes into the public vote. And then you see like, you know, Belgium, 380 points. And then they like jump up. So then that's where it gets like to the horse race finish. And Israel got to third, and I honestly don't know why. This pop princess, she did this, like, dance at the end. I just didn't get it at all. Do you think the votes are, like, legitimate? It's geopolitics. That's what it is. Because people are voting That's what I the, mean. They're if voting I for their, like, neighbourly friends. Yeah. As if that would help. I know. Like, what's that going to do for your relationship? Exactly. But it's all very political-like. <laughs> it's so political. Because, like... For me, I thought Spain were amazing. Spain were so good and they just barely even charted. Belgium was so good. They had this like 90s banger. My absolute favourite was Norway. And she like, I think she got in the top 10. But She's I, fabulous. Very Anne Boleyn, sort of very. princess warrior. Oh, yeah. I'd love to do a spin class to that song because the chorus and you'd have your breaks during the, the verses and then for the chorus. Do it like again. Da, 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 oh, it. it was also like that r- green valve. It's very river dance. There was something really cast yeah. about it. It was yeah. like tribal. It was like Eurovision. It was, it was like animalistic mm. love. So I was sad for them. And like, there was a few like pop princessy ones, like Poland had one, Armenia had another, Israel had the other one. But then there was one, so England had Mae Miller 
And like, so Sam Ryder came second last year and May Miller came second from the bottom this year. And like, it wasn't that bad. And like Lithuania was crap. And she did really well. It was like, how? That's where I think it gets into the, like, the geopolitics. Because it's like... But mm. that's why I'm just wondering, why is there a panel voting? Why can't it be... So they vote... Just public vote. Yeah, it should be just the countries voting rather than these juries. Maybe that's like a heritage piece. I don't know. But I must say, like, Graham Norton has really... Oh, I love him. He, his commentary is just sublime it's he's so such natural. a pro he's so relaxed because like so the hosts were graham norton like alicia dixon she does what she does they had this ukrainian singer julia sanina and then they had hannah waddingham from she's in sex education at ted lasso apparently she played blinder in the prelims and the knockout rounds i thought she was so cheesy and like australia it was just like it, she hammed it up too much and like, it was just, I think she was kind of like her ego gotten a bit too big for maybe doing a good job and not really doing presenting before to then now with like being the f- finale. I just thought she over-egged it. Whereas Graham Norton, and not just because he's Irish, just brings this like relaxed, He he's the kind of the armchair commentator. It's pure commentary. It's nothing yeah. more. Yeah. And he doesn't over-egg it. He's not trying to be funny. He just says exactly, he's just like a goggle box. It's so natural. I love it. But who was it? Was it Italy? And like, because he knows what the performance is going to be like. So he's introducing Italy and he was like, like this guy, his vocals are amazing. He's going to be reaching these great heights. But like, just try not to be distracted by the children's soft play going on in the background. And then you're like waiting for this children's soft play. And it's these two men with the, tr- like you just see their silhouettes, right? But it's two men just jumping on and off a trampoline. And they're just trying on to trampoline. You're like, that is a kid's soft play. And then the other one was like, so Finland were like the fan favourite. And he was like, this performance is going to be a bit of an experience. The audience love it. It's going to be a fan favourite. But just get ready for a dancing Brussels sprout. Coming onto your stage right now. And then your man's wearing this kind of like sleeve. The like, green thing. The, the green, thing. Yeah, these big like green puffy sleeves. And he's like, he does look like a dancing Brussels sprout. I wonder how long he takes to prep. The, I'd say he's fiercely professional like I'd say he's yeah he was great so yeah Defo enjoyed the Eurovision it's the Olympics of song and I just love the tradition of it like it hasn't changed that much it's like modernised where it needs to you know and it's a lovely thing that like Europe can do all together like it's a nice I just feel really shit that like Ireland used to be so good and now we're absolutely crap are we though or are we just not getting a fair shot like I just feel like no one gets a fair shot in the Eurovision it's politics, like. Yeah, it is politics because, like, the, some songs just don't get through. But, like, look, that's part and parcel. But I think, I like, sorry. the Irish song was good. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, I suppose it's just geopolitics. And, like, look at the UK. They were hosting and they got, like, second from the bottom. And there are there's five countries. It's, like, Germany, France, the UK, two others. And they, they automatically get in the final because they donate the most money. I mean, does that not tell you everything there? There you go. Follow they the automatically money. get in the final. Yeah. I call baloney. Six countries automatically will qualify. So it's last year's winner and the big five who pay the most to the contest. France, Germany, Italy, Spain and the UK. wonder where that comes in their like budget. Yeah, is it like, is it like Boris Johnson or Rishi Sunak going, OK, Eurovision, 100 million. <laughs> so, and then they come second last. It's like, oh. Infrastructure. 
Engineering works. Eurovision. <laughs> yeah, King's Cory and the Eurovision. Uh, King's Cory comes hand in hand with Eurovision. But both is just as camp. I got some great feedback on the Pilgrim shoes. Oh my God. Me too, actually. Yeah, Pilgrim shoes. Damn shoes. It's very good. Oh, and I actually meant to say last week, The Guardian did a really good podcast. I know what you're going to say. The Cost of the Crown. And it was all in the lead up. It's brilliant. It's a real mystery. I'm in the second episode. Me too. My sister's friend told me. And then I was listening to it and I was like, Christ. I actually had to stop listening to it while I was working because I was like, I need to hear this whole thing. Yeah, you need to be on like a walk where all you have to do is listen. Because it's a real, they've got investigative journalism at its best. It's really good. Really, really. Amazing. Yeah. And like, what the hell? They have so much cash. And it's just hard when, like, the wealth gap is so huge. And, like, you know, 14.4 million people in the UK are in poverty, yet they're throwing 100 million at this coronation. Like, he inherited 200 million from the Queen tax-free when she passed away. So why not use half of that to pay for your own coronation? You would have won so much public favour. That was the whole question, I think. Yeah, like, it's... And I suppose it's kind of like, it's where do you even, like, begin? Because if they start relinquishing back money then where does it end and like how, how do they say monarchs and blah 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 but you could just do like a symbolic donation like yeah, donate I mean, the money you inherited like a coronation 100% yeah it's just it's quite mad anyway go Europe put that I'll put, <laughs> I'll put the cost of the crown in the show notes it's a great podcast yes and we'll put that Tim Rutledge um, oh already got it honey so. oh good on you One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Bring her in, so... Bring I heard in. rumbling. I heard Back rumbling. Back up this, this truck. <laughs> I'm so excited for this. <laughs> I heard rumblings of this during beep, the week. Beep, and, beep. I, <laughs> 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 and I was saying it to you. I was like, something's happening here because there's no smoke without fire. Trouble in um, paradise. And just basically like late last night, it's confirmed that Holly Willoughby and, and Philip Schofield are kind of breaking up, basically. She's trying to get out of her contract negotiations currently. And they're like kind of done. So I'm I totally for, blindsided by this. Like, where is it coming from? I'm blindsided, but also I'm like, about fucking time. Excuse my language. Honestly, I don't... I mean, my main thing here, like my umbrella question around this topic is I don't understand in television in Ireland and in the UK there are these five people like five presenters or whatever it is and they're asked to do everything 
Yeah. And they're, I know their name has like Clive and all this kind of stuff, but I'm always like, would you not give someone else a go? Like there's, there's one, like Holly Willoughby. I think she seems very nice, but people want her for everything. Mm-hmm. And I don't understand it. I'm like, spread it out. I yeah. don't understand. Like the same with... Trosie Winkleman. Or like Ant and Deck. Like as in, Ant got in a lot of trouble like two years ago or something. And now they're right back to where they were. And they've been on this the circuit for years and years and I don't understand where they just they just take kind of three three people mm. and they're like they're going to do basically everything they do like the talk show they do something along the lines of Britain Got Talent yeah. they'll do X Factor it's the same stuff I'm not including Dermot O'Leary in that PS because I'm obsessed with him <laughs> and he's not I don't think like I think he still picks and chooses I just feel like even Marks and Spencer and they're like Holly Willoughby and I'm just like yeah, get someone else give someone who's not playing everything a chance mm. someone's like who's maybe coming into the industry or has been in it or someone a bit older like just please like mix it up a bit mm-hmm. um and i think these two have been beloved for so long yeah i'm not sure why to be honest i've no idea it's such an unlikely pair they remind me of that you know kelly and what was that one in america kelly and Rita. regis and kelly regis and kelly they remind me of that like older guy Younger girl, great chemistry. It shouldn't have worked, but it did. That's what um, Holly and Phil reminded me of. Yeah, I just don't understand. Like, they're not that funny. They've been doing like, it for years. Not, oh, I'd say they're very professional. They're not that anything to they, me. Mem- remember that time they got in, like, they showed up from the some telly awards and they were still Yeah, and people were like, oh my God, they're so funny because they're like, hammered and it's like they probably had a few glasses of Prosecco at like 2am yeah but, and I, but I think that they've had those viral moments with the culture you do one thing that kind of captivates the general public and be like oh did you see that moment where they were really hammered and everyone's like oh I love them you know they just you just need kind of one or two of those like Alison Hammond has done it a few times in interviews where she's had Alison like, Hammond the devil works hard but her agent <laughs> works harder what is going on? And now they're saying she's going to get the spot with Holly. Whoa. Sorry, I think she's funny too. But I'm just like, once I see the person once, they're everywhere. Mm. And it's like, there's no other option. It has to be Alison. So so hang on, let's go go back to... Let's oh, let, go back sorry, to let their... me take you back in time. Yeah. So they started on hosting duties in 2006 with Dancing on Ice. Okay. Um, She took over from someone, can't remember who it was. And apparently he was then instrumental in her getting the ITV gig. Right. So that was since 2009. Wow. So that's 10, 11, like 14 years basically Um, together. Like they do all their interviews together. Yes, they come in drunk together sometimes. <laughs> um, And then obviously he came out as gay during the pandemic and he said she was a real rock. And I think then you understood the closeness of their relationship and stuff like that. Lovely stuff. I don't have a problem with it at all. And then apparently, so there's been a few kind of riffs that have started kind of potentially pulling them apart or pressure has been mounting. So one of the big ones was when, what do they call it? The Queen, is it Lion's Date? When she had passed away and you could go and pay your respects to the Queen. Mm-hmm. Um, In the queue. And they skipped the queue. And that got huge backlash. Yeah. Um, and apparently that wasn't great for their relationship. So that's one of the things. But they were skipping um, the queue, though. It was for because they were filming a TV show or something. It wasn't that they were just, uh, we're just coming to pay our respects. 
like ITV came out and were like they absolutely weren't skipping the queue that we were filming like a special for this morning but they yeah. still got but the, the damage had been done you know when the press release comes a few days after people are like it's already been in their the uproar has already happened There's they're both very about, private like, they're both Holly very Willoughby's private camp people. where I'm like what's going on like just say something without it being curated it's just so controlled and when yeah and when it comes out too late there's no point almost you have to come yeah. out like right and go no 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 it was for xyz you just look more guilty um, and they're on tv every day and it's like you can't go on tv tomorrow and ha- not have people being like why isn't she saying anything yeah as in if she kept it quiet and wasn't on tv all the time and went away for a bit or him do you know what i mean but they're on tv every day so uh, to me like as in i'm not from the uk but as just as a a person I was like god they've skipped the queue yeah <laughs> like that's not great but just say something because there's always this uproar and then it's in the papers for ages and then they never say anything and it's just like would you not just come on mm, I feel I, like neither of them have a mouthpiece of their own it's very much through teams and yeah and it's like that whole thing of like never complain never explain like that whole thing of like oh it'll just blow over and I think in this day and age with social media and you having endless communication with your audience, you just can't get away with not saying anything. So anyway, the the queue situation was the beginning of this. That was one of the big things. Then his brother in like the last few months was in court for like multiple sex offenses. And I think Philip took like a leave of absence while that was going on, obviously, because that was like a very sensitive topic. But I don't think he told Holly. And apparently she heard heard through a third party and she felt very in the dark about that. Which I get if you're best friends and you hear through a third party like, oh, his brother's in in court. Um, So that was another one. So then tensions are mounting and then they're saying it's very frosty. However, I've heard on that set anyway, it has like not a great work environment. It's quite toxic. I don't know if that's to do with the hosts or just in general, you know, like kind of an Ellen situation. I say a lot of those sets are like that though, to be honest. Yeah, sadly, yeah. Because it is all hierarchy and all that kind of stuff. So he released a statement recently. Oh. I think it was last week and he didn't tell her beforehand so tensions were mounting between them and then he released a statement about their relationship and didn't tell her beforehand and apparently that was the the big thing and so he said the last few weeks haven't been easy and he said about holly we're the best of friends as always she's an incredible support on screen behind the scenes and on the phone holly has always been there for me through thick and thin and i've been there for her but he did that without even talking to her apparently i mean this is all here that's so wishy-washy like that saying in one breath, oh, the last few weeks have been tough, but we're the best of friends. It's like, just tell Would us what's actually going go, on. But as in, like, they don't normally come out and say anything. So why choose now to come out and say anything? And not give her the heads up. Like, there, yeah. it seems to be like a breakdown in communication and then he's just furthering that. You'd be so pissed off if you're Holly. If he's yeah. A, if he's going... I don't think it's all him, though. Even though he seems like a right weapon. Yeah, but as in, like, you'd be raging regardless of who's right or wrong, if they go out and make a statement and don't give you the I won't up, talk to you, yeah, and you're supposed to be friends. Like, like, they go on holidays every year together. Do Apparently they? that's all being cancelled, yeah. Cancel their regular summer holidays. And to think that they can keep the lid on it for ages, right? So if this is all coming out now, I'd say we're only scratching the surface of what's actually going on. 
hundred percent. So apparently she's trying to dismantle the contract now. She's removed a reference to him on her social profiles. So on her profiles, it would be like broadcaster, blah, blah, blah. And I think on her Twitter, it was like introduced to this thing, meaning Twitter by at Philip Schofield or whatever his name is. She's removed all that. What does Holly know? Oh, do you think she knows something? What if Holly knows something? Like what? I don't know, maybe Philip has done something real bad and she's like, this is going to come out. I, want I think he's just being a bit of a bitch. I don't know. I'm just speculating. She's never going to tell us, though, is my point. Because she never tells anything. Okay, if they're trying to renegotiate contracts, does that mean Philip's no, getting the boot? she's trying to dismantle her contract and his contract is up in September. So Holly might stay on and Philip scoots off. That's what they're saying. So they're saying... They think Alison Hammond might step in because people were really liking Alison and Holly together recently. What does Holly know? I don't know. I want the record to show that Apparently I Apparently they barely speak off camera. Yeah, she's yet to respond to claims. Classic. But like, that's a very long relationship. But he has a history yeah. of not getting on with people. So Really? He's had squabbles with Fern Britain. <laughs> yeah. She quit this morning. That she was hosting with him. Whoa. And apparently she accused him of meddling with the daytime show's content. Meddling is such a horrible word. And apparently he said, please don't do that to me again. When she came out saying he's like meddling with the content. I'd say he's a major control freak. Ew, so he'll that... around with his grubby little mitts meddling in the content. Well, I'm not surprised. Then she quit this morning in 2009 and in the statement she addressed everyone and didn't specifically mention him. And that's like your aunt, that's like your work husband. When they go low, you go high. We need to look at these clues. So sorry, it was claimed that Fern was paid 250 less a year than Schofield. I don't think he's that good a presenter. Like I think he comes off quite condescending. He is. He's like Mr. Billy Big Bollocks. Even remember when Kerry Katona came on and she was slurring and they were mm. like, are you, have you drank or anything? And she's like, no, she's like, I'm on medication. The way he asked her that was like... He's not very sympathetic. It was judgy. Mm. You shouldn't know realistically, like if a good, a good presenter, you shouldn't know if they like or don't like the guests. Yeah. Graham Norton, you have no idea. Yes. He's so neutral in a good way. Like yeah. friendly in a good way. It's never the other side. You never know what he thinks about someone and you can always tell with Phil. Yeah. So then that happened and then it said they're like not in touch anymore. Also, there's all kind of pay stuff that they're all paid different amounts to him. I don't know why. He must know something about, you know, those people similar to what does Holly know? But what does Phil know that he could be like, say he's in this position of power or like, He's got the producers or the TV execs like wrapped around his little finger that he's like, you but need this to keep is my putting point. me in I big think, prime time. I think they have this one person who they put a load of money into and they put a load of time into and they push them out and push them out. They're presenting all the different shows and blah, blah, blah. And then you get to a point where it's like that person and then there's a massive gap and then lower down people and there's no in between. And then it's like, well, we've pushed them up this far. Yeah. On the pedestal, keys to the city. And I don't know why, because he's not that good. But then I wonder, is it this whole thing of Phil and Holly being a package? And it's like, well, they do it together or mm. not at all. But like duos are hard to, you know, maintain. Like Ant and Deck have, they've done very well to stay together and keep winning awards and keep getting contracts. Like, 
I, I know what you say about like being put on a pedestal, but like it's very different when you're just one person. If you're just Claudia Winkleman, you're like, oh, give me all the gigs possible. But like in terms of like communication and keeping that partnership going and for there to not be a falling out and people getting annoyed by, you know, things that are said or like, you know, contracts and payments and ad deals and marketing campaigns. And, you know, it, it's quite a hard thing to maintain. And once you start pulling that thread, they can disintegrate really quickly. I know. He's had too many fallings out. Apparently he has yeah, one running with Amanda out of Holden. No. Apparently he blocked Amanda Holden from securing several high profile roles. And he said she was difficult to manage. And he actively campaigned for Rochelle Humes to get that gig instead of Amanda Holden. I've heard that before. Oh my God. He is really having, yeah, putting his meddling in the content. Yeah. There's just two. And then Ruth. Oh yeah. What's the Ruth thing? The Ruth video is so good. I have to put it up. She does spurts on this morning, doesn't she? Mm-hmm. And now she's on Loose Women and they're like partner things. But he yeah. cuts her off. I'll put this video in the show notes. It's so bad. He cuts her off when she's saying like, coming up on Loose Women and she's literally about to finish. And he's like, we're going to have to jump in and stop you, I'm afraid. And she's like, oh, well, I only had two more words to stay. And he was like, thank you very much. Thanks, Ruth. And oh, I just say, so I'd say that is just the tip of the iceberg with this little guy. Yeah, this little guy. I don't, I, there's something going on there and I just, I don't like it. The storm's a brewing and... A sto- storm is coming. Storm Schofield. I think there must be, Holly knows, what does For him Holly to put know? out a press release to calm stuff down without saying but that's anything him, to her. That's him trying to uh, um, uh, control the narrative though. Yeah, because he's... You know, oh, oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, here's my say. Holly's not saying anything. She's on her high horse. Here's me saying everything's fine. We're best friends. But, like, I'll acknowledge the bad two weeks. Baloney. I, like, this This will come out on Tuesday. I wonder will we have any more insight by then. But, sorry, they, they don't know. They haven't confirmed if they're going to be on air tomorrow. My God. Oh, my God. It actually makes me want to watch live TV or morning television. Like what's gonna happen so tomorrow? there will be an update tomorrow because today's Sunday there'll be an update tomorrow and this will come out Tuesday so either so they like, had a body ex- body language expert on and they were saying this is totally off this whole thing last week wow. so weird because they're like making eye contact during the segment but apparently they're not talking so it's like you know when you're not talking to someone and then you have to talk to them like during work or whatever it is oh my god put that in the show notes I'm so excited intriguing sorry I'm not excited but you know what I mean thoroughly enjoyed my um that was a great my, deep dive into oh, like dissecting tv it. personalities mm. in the uk and anything else from you before we go gather no i just want your recommendation for this week please oh yes of course not a problem i remembered it really good movie on amazon prime called queen pins it's with Kristen bell and it's based on a true story and it's these women who they love coupons and they're trying to make money out of coupons basically and then they kind of cheat the system and then they have this whole illegal thing they've made like five million dollars through this couponing business this kind of ponzi scheme it's really good and it's like funny light-hearted it moves quickly i'm almost i have like half an hour left but it's really good so it's called queen pins on amazon prime that's oh, my record door. i love it yeah. i need a good like light-hearted Lighthearted, non, like there's no, yeah. No, non superhero remake shite. Ooh, no, barf. 
Well, thank you so much for listening. Everything will be in the show notes. And I feel like we didn't say it enough in last week's episode or the Met Gala. We have linked in all the visual items as we are aware this is an audio podcast. The All the glamorous clothes everyone was wearing, we have linked all of them up so you can go back and have a peruse of the beautiful gowns that we're seeing. But you can follow us on Instagram at self underscore lions or at Clazy Cabana. If there's any topics you want us to cover, please let us know. Thanks to Aoife again. Hunzo Stunzo. Thank you so much for listening. We'll chat to you next week. What do they say on like morning television? And until then, good morning. Yeah. <laughs> until tomorrow, yeah. good morning. Good morning. Good morning, Britain.